Thanks for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to receive that code for Sherm credit. Now enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Benefits Breakdown. This is Vanessa Longnecker. I'm here with... Hey, everybody. Jared Bokitz with you. Hi, everyone. Adam Compton. We are excited for today's discussion. We have Dr. Joel, part of our Brown and Brown team, and we cannot wait to get into the party. But let's say a quick hi to Dr. Joel. Dr. Joel, welcome to the Benefits Breakdown. Thank you guys for having me today. I'm looking forward to this uh, discussion. Should be a fun one. We'd love to get a little broader intro to you. And really what the goal of today is to talk about the pandemic's effect on mental health and where are we now. And that's going to look like a couple things from identifying the problem, the state of the market, what are some trends that employers are seeing, uh, and the impact ultimately on employers and, and the families that we support. And, and then what do you do with it? So uh, as we get into that, Dr. Joel, can we just step back and say hello to you? Who are you? What is it you do? And Something personal about you so we know that you're a real human being and not some AI robot from the future. Hi, <laughs> thanks. I, I love that. Um, yes, if you click on your screen right now, I am not a robot. Um, you will realize that I am a live human being. <laughs> well, I, I like it. So um, I'm the behavior health practice leader for Brown & Brown, and I've been with the company for several years now. By training, I'm a child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this training because I've been in clinical practice for over 30 years um, and, and providing strategy to employers. But in addition to being a clinician, I'm an employee, but I'm also a father. So I, I see the whole spectrum from adults, from parents, from you know, our youth struggling with so many challenges now in regards to their mental and emotional health. And what's happened since COVID? Let's kind of set the baseline of 2020 happened and the world stopped and we went to a virtual world and we're all zooming and staring at each other's on, on, on computers. What does that do for our employers? What happened to our employers and what is the problem? What is the, the challenge that we're dealing with in the mental health and behavioral health space these days? Oh my gosh, it has been a difficult two and a half years. And, you know, we've all struggled in, in so many different fashions from physically, um, you know, addressing the, the, the physical aspects of COVID, you know, to the social distancing, to the hybrid work situation, you know, working at home, but also the hybrid school situation. So the stress and turmoil that parents uh, have been to deal with, you know, their children both at home and working remotely. But then what I am concerned about is we're, we're at the end of the tunnel in regards to the significant aspects of, of COVID. You know, we have the vaccines now, we're, we're boosted. So as we exit from that tunnel, the concern I have is, is the imprint or the footprint for behavioral health is huge. And that footprint is going to unfortunately be a path, sadly, for us for the next several years. Now, COVID has done one aspect that I think that we uh, owe a credit to, and it's raised awareness to our mental health challenges. Um, you know, before the pandemic, one in four of us struggled during a given year with mental health challenges. It's now increased, um, you know, more than, you know, 30 to 33 percent of adults are struggling with some kind of a mental health aspect, and that's, you know, depression, anxiety, suicidal feelings, or even substance use. So we're, we're raising the awareness in a, in a good way. 
but much, much more to go. Dr. Joel, when you see this impact and what it's how it's impacted the world, America, what is an employer's responsibility to help with this impact? Do they have a responsibility? Is it a social responsibility? Is it an actual responsibility? What are you seeing out there in the market that employers are doing? That is a great question. Um, and, and let me provide some statistics as, as we delve into this. About 48% of employees over the past two and a half years have say, stated that they experience high to extreme stress. 70% adults are still struggling with mental health but going untreated. So what is happening is, is that when we bring it to the employers, you know, $3,000 or more are spent on health services due to mental distress than other um, health issues. And extrapolating that even more so, 62% of missed workdays are attributed to mental health conditions. So what does that equal for an employer? About $10,000 is the cost per employee per year in lost productivity due to uh, the absenteeism for untreated depression. And then that's not even taking effect, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the, um, the youth challenges that many parents are, you know, struggling with. And they're missing days of work because their children are going uh, untreated in regards to their depression and anxiety. Yeah, you bring up an excellent point. I mean, I think part of what many employers and what we've seen as as trends or conversations as well is rethinking is PTO or mental health days truly a Mm -hmm. benefit, right? Do they promote that because it allows for different balance and that becomes part of their treatment? What other trends are you seeing hearing um, as you're working with employer groups in our space? Um, Vanessa, what I'm seeing and what I uh, provide a lot to employers is addressing empathy in the workplace, I think now. Um, Again, when we look at you know a uh, a lasting impact of the pandemic is the burnout the, the burnout fatigue that initially we heard about in the healthcare division but it now affects yeah. all divisions and again a majority of employees view empathy as a critical way to influence business and there was a, a study that that was most recently published probably about a year or so ago and about 90% of team members would likely stay within their company if the business leaders empathized their needs so you mentioned you know trying to be flexible on their benefits being flexible on you know time away so that you know they may have a chance to if, if they're working back in an office leave to see their kids come off the school bus, perhaps if they're close enough to home. Or if the hours get really long and you have a deadline to allow them to prioritize to say, you know, my priority this week is going to be, I'm going to exercise, you know, in the morning and I'm going to come to work at 8.30. Or I'm going to leave, you know, at five o'clock to have dinner with my family. So there's a lot of work-life balances that we have to bring back to our, our workforce. 
And herein lies some of the um, unanticipated, right, benefits of the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Many industries have learned that they can, right, do business in new ways virtually that might enable or fuel more of that flexibility. Now, I do believe at the end of the day, we see clients at all ends of the spectrum, right? Not all industries can lend itself to as much flexibility. And quite frankly, that's leading to new concerns, right? All-time mm -hmm. high in uh, workforce retention and uh, right recruitment efforts for some of these industries that have less flexibility, quite frankly, getting more creative in other ways, but still having to balance the mental health needs, right? So maybe rethinking how they're doing shift work and rethinking, right, overtime philosophies and how they staff around that to avoid burnout. I would say those are things or conversations I've been seeing and hearing as well, and at the end of the day, it, it looks to solve for many business right opportunities, but mental health is absolutely the heart of it. I don't think there's a single employer we work with or partner with that don't have concerns in this space. And it truly speaks to the magnitude of, of right ramifications here that you're speaking of. I know for the Friends of the Benefit Breakdown, hear us talk a lot about Powell and his approach to brain and mental health or behavioral health. And that starts with that leadership. And we're fortunate. Dr. Joel, to even have you as a teammate, uh, I think of our recent summit that we had where we got a whole bunch of teammates together mm -hmm. and we got to kick off that, that conference with you. We have that resource and we're very thankful for that empathy that leadership shows and that drives through the organization. Now, being different than Brown & Brown, most organizations that we partner with don't have uh, that level of expertise that you would bring, not saying they don't have the empathy from the senior level or C-suite, but that can be driven down. Uh, shifting a bit to what their employers can do and things that we could teach, coach, set up for our, our our employers and their family members to be successful. So I know recently you launched and had a behavioral health reimagined white paper, and I mm -hmm. really enjoyed seven key items that that were in there. Maybe we can talk about some of those things that employers could do and focus on. Thanks. And and I appreciate the call out to not myself, but to Powell Brown, because I agree an effective leader is one that is not the most intelligent, doesn't have the highest IQ, but has the highest EQ, emotional quotient. And, you know, to be an empathic leader, uh, I think is that leader that's going to bring success. So when we talk about, you know, seven factors that, you know, an employee, employer, a boss, a manager can bring, it's just recognizing that we are all in this together, that we're all struggling in so many different ways. Um, and that if you have a virtual meeting, Vanessa, you talked about, you know, the hybrid model, you know, going from a virtual meeting to an in-person meeting. When we start a virtual meeting now, like we did today, we, we talked with one another. How was your weekend? How were we all dealing with the heat? Just getting to that, that personal relationship that I think that we've lost with the social isolation and bringing that now also into the workplace. So when you go into the office and you see people in their cubes or in their um, you know, conference rooms, knocking on the door is just saying, you know, how are you doing? You know, did you have a good weekend? Um, because that, that personalization is just so important. But the other aspect, I think the bigger one that you are also getting to is how are we going to address a lot of the shortages in the mental health system now? And we look at our behavioral health 
system as well as our medical system as what I call an ecosystem. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists out there. So we need to look at means to supplement it with a lot of our mindfulness programs that are out there, meditation series, um, you know, digital or virtual solutions that can enhance our well-being and it can enhance the uh, employee's well-being. Um, if I can just extrapolate even more, I, I want to give a call to one program that I think almost every company can implement very easily, and it's what's a mental health allies program or mental health ERG. We modeled uh, a program here at Brown and Brown after you know two large corporations, Target and Delta, who started a mental health allies program. For um, 25 of our teammates and HR leaders, because we wanted to do it from the top going down, we trained them in, in mental health first aid. And through the series of a mental health first aid, which is an educated four-hour program, they became allies. So they became our expert resources. So if you had a teammate that was struggling, they knew who to go to and who to approach um, to meet their needs at that moment. I love that, Joel. I think that so often, even as a, a leader here with the team in Dallas, I wish, like, I can't wait till I get that training mm-hmm. because knowing what to look for, I think, is half the challenge. And being able to have that and take that and and look for those key signals and then share the resources that you have as an organization. Right. I, I'm, I'm sure that's part of the training is, hey, not only do you know what to look for as an ally, mm-hmm. but know what the resources that are available out there. We chatted a little bit before the call about the, and I like how you put it, the new 411 mm-hmm. for behavioral health resources, the new 988, right? And and being able to share that with teammates to be able to get those resources available is half the battle. I, I just think that people don't know where to turn oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And if they have an ally who they can turn to, to help coach them on those resources, they're, they're so much further ahead than they were two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. So if something good from the pandemic has come, it's those resources are being shared. And so I appreciate you, sh- you, you pointing that out, that any employer can de- deploy that. Right, right. Dr. Joel, you had a few pieces in, in one of your articles about empathetic words that managers, employers, leaders could share and listen for. Like, I wish I had the right words. How are you feeling? I'm here for you. Although I can't know exactly how you feel, I understand how difficult this must be for you. And just have that repetition, even have them printed out, sitting right next to you, and then have it ingrained in your brain. So when the time comes that somebody approaches you, or let's be frank, that is yourself that needs the help. Uh, you have the ability to to understand and recognize that. And I think we've we've built and seen a lot of those pieces inside of uh, what we've also called a reimagined EAP. And I think maybe that's a place we can expand on of what employers could do. So I think tactically, we want to arm our friends here to how do they take their plan and impact people and reach people? So what are some things that you're seeing that employers are doing with that plan design to build on that mental ally program and EAP solution? It's a really good question. So I have to say it's very interesting, and I'll put myself in that same position many years ago. I didn't know what an employee assistance program was, what an EAP. Um, And I'm a healthcare professional, and when we go into so many different hospitals, there are a lot of nurses as well as physicians who do not understand an EAP. So we actually need to address the stigma to improve the awareness that there are resources um, that are available for our employees. And, you know, most employers 
provide an EAP in, in some kind of a fashion. And it it's a, a mental health or holistic well-being solution that is available with or without insurance. So I may not have the, the insurance that my company covers, but I'll still have that employee assistance program. So I'll have, you know, the ability for work-life solutions. If I'm dealing with a financial issue, I'll have availability for, you know, perhaps a financial consultant or a lawyer if I want to deal with some legal issues. But we also have the availability for some free sessions from a therapist, um, a licensed clinician, most likely, that will address it. Now, what we're doing with the EAP Reimagine is we're taking the traditional EAP, which has been sufficient for so many years, and now putting it on steroids because it's not adequate anymore for where we are post-pandemic. So we're taking, a lot of times the EAP may be hidden in a disability vendor, so you don't get good utilizations and you don't get good promotion. And we're taking it out from that disability provider and we're putting it as a freestanding entity. Again, I'll go back to our company, Brown & Brown, a few years ago. We didn't know where to find our EAP, but now we have our website and there's a huge tile that says Employee uh, um, Assistance Benefit Program. So you can just click on it and go right to the link. In addition, most EAPs through the reimagined are becoming digitalized. So the traditional, let me call and talk to a therapist, you know, I'm sorry, not even a therapist, a um, an operator to find out who I can see for therapy and given choices and then having to call these providers only to find out that they're not available on network led to frustration and people giving up on their care. So now it's digitalized. You can have the access online or on your phone to schedule an appointment to make sure you keep an appointment. And then finally, we need to increase the number of available sessions. You know, the traditional model were three. We need to, you know, ensure that there are more than three sessions. Maybe it's five or eight to get and meet the person as well as their entire family because EAP is available for the spouse as well as dependents for their coverage. So it's a great question. And, and it's something that I think that we need to promote more for all employers. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Dr. Joel. I mean, rethinking EAPs, right, that traditionally have had, you know, while be it very important and critical, low adoption rates, we're seeing all-time high, right, with newer solutions, tech-enabled solutions, exactly what you're defining. I'd say coupling that, we're also, for employers listening in, seeing an, you know, a, a continued trend around expanded mental health benefits wherever possible. So it might not just be the AAP, but for those that are participating in the medical plan, waiving co-pays um, or reducing co-pays to reduce barriers and access to care there alike has been a trend through the pandemic. Pandemic, and you know, certainly when we continue to see more and more employers looking to tap into. I have a, a fun situation I do with a lot of our guests, Dr. Joel. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a CFO of a company, and Adam is my head of HR. Oh, we got our side hustle on. Here we go. And uh-huh. Things have been a little rough. No, I'm just kidding. So I have to. Do, I'm just kidding. But so go with me with this, and and I have. Maybe about a thousand five hundred employees. We'll go five hundred employees. That's a good middle market size okay. employer, and it's a pretty male dominated employer. Um, I may have had this conversation with the client just a week ago. So this is a real life scenario that we talked about. Where would you tell them to start? They realize they're struggling with behavioral and mental health, and they need to make some improvements to what they're doing. They have a pretty old school EAP program. Not a lot of other options other than their traditional Blue Cross Blue Shield 
offering if you can find a provider in network. Where would be a starting place mm-hmm. for an employer like that? Where would you suggest they start? Because I love to leave our audience with some action items that maybe they can go out to make some improvements to what they're doing today. Great question. I'm going to answer it from the, the strategic aspect that we all have here, as well as the clinical aspect. I mean, I think the first is, is what we're doing now is listening to what their pain points are. You know, if they have 500 employees, what are their pain points? Is it that they um, are needing to understand what mental health is and break down that stigma so that they can get the help? Is it um, understanding what their pain points are? Is it access issue, the pain points? Is it not having, you know, the understanding or the availability for their EAP? Or going to Vanessa's point, I mean, do they not even understand within their carrier all the solutions that they have? So what we need to then work with uh, employers on is understanding the data. We're all data-driven. And mental health has to be like a physical health. We have to take the data. So we will look at utilization data, you know, where they're, um, highest trends are on the mental health is it outpatient for dependents, is it outpatient for um, spouses, is it substance use? Um, do we see a significant driver for out of network utilization, meaning that there's not enough or available in network providers? And how do we then put that together in a strategic focus, walking them forward and you know presenting solutions that you all mentioned, you know that may be, low cost to them, you know, a mindfulness program or resiliency program or an enhanced EAP program. That doesn't have to be costly. And again, we talk about ROI, the return on investment, but we also have to talk about VOI, the value on investment. Because if we put these solutions in and we have employees stay longer and much more engaged and, and less burnout, there's going to be increased productivity for that employer group. Um, and, and that we put this all together in a holistic manner because we'll stay with the employer through this entire process and even afterwards because, you know, through all these different solutions, we can then get webinars to, for the managers, webinars for you two, you as the, the CFO and, and Adam as your um, head of HR. And maybe there's interpersonal <laughs> conflicts going on at work that need to be addressed. With Jared, never, never. <laughs> 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 through you know, some of these solutions. And again, it's taken and bringing that emotional, empathic role back into the workplace. No, that's fantastic. Thank you. I think Adam and I have some action items that we can take back to the side hustle and get going. <laughs> Maybe some things we need to work out between us too, but appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call yes. the EAP right now. <laughs> uh, but I think that we have an ability then to, uh, I think just that the, the takeaways from the actionable investment up front is that and in the front end of our discussion, you talked about the actual dollars of productivity and it's shifting the mindset of investment of this might cost me something as a PEPM or investment into a new solution. Mm-hmm. But when trending 12, 24, 36 months ahead, that will ROI, VOI itself time and time again as we start tracking that. And then creating the constant conversation of watching that utilization trick tick up, uh, awareness training for HR supervisors maybe have an EAP account specialist, uh, and then have monthly or quarterly reports. It seems like this shouldn't be a once a year thing. It should be really constant and ongoing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If I could shift a bit, I think we've talked about um, adults and employers a lot, and I think we've, we've touched on this, but love to build further on, on ways that employers and 
managers, supervisors, the whole ecosystem can reach the children on our benefit plans. It's so important. We all talked about each having kiddos and we know the pains and the challenges, but this is a tough time for them. And what are you seeing and what can we do to help the children, particularly on the COVID and the pandemic aftermath? What, are, what can we do? What can us as individuals do? And what as employers can we do? Uh, this is, this is a, a topic that I'm really very passionate about because again, you know, as a strategic consultant, as a clinician, and as a dad, you know, uh, I'm hit by all three facets. And I'm, I'm writing an article right now um, about our children are not all right, but they can be. Now, we're looking at returning to school for so many um, districts. You know, in the South, school has started, but in the North and, and many other regions, it will start after Labor Day. Return to, anxi- return to school anxiety is the norm, you know. But now we have a return to anxiety because of the COVID, the, the social isolation, the fear of the school shootings is another aspect that we're seeing. And you know, it's something that I worry about in our youth because we need to be on the forefront as parents, as employees, but bringing it to our employers on how to address and how everybody can work in a collective unit because maybe it's our employers working with the various school systems in their local regions or working with our government. Vivek Murphy, our, our Surgeon General, wrote an article about the youth and, and the youth disparities on mental health and, and the problems that we are, are seeing and that we're going to continue to see. So I, I'm providing just a short answer to a problem that needs a lot more time and investment. And I'll give a perfect example on the clinical aspect. Years ago when I was in practice, you know, I would uh, tell parents when their youth would come home from school, they would walk in the door, throw down their book bag, including my own children. You would ask them how was their day and they would scream, it was fine, and they would run upstairs and close their bedroom door and just be in there. And I would say to the parents, you know, our, our young adults need their time alone. It's development. Nowadays, I say no. If our youth are behind closed doors because of the uh, increased social isolation or bullying aspects or that um, being online on their computer, on their social media, we can't allow that to happen anymore. We have to knock on their door. We have to open it up. We have to invite our children to have a conversation with us, um, not just you know keeping the door open, but at the dinner table too getting back to the traditional family meetings of going around and how was your day? What is something good that happened to you? Bringing that human quality to whatever kind of household you may have, um, traditional, non-traditional, but just that communication and that emotional aspect, I think it's just so important. And we've lost a lot of it. But again, there are solutions and we can help to turn it around. I love that. And I love this conversation. You know, the awareness is half the battle. We're there. Now, where do we take it and how do we make an impact? What you just defined in the good old American home, right? How do we bring it back to some of those roots? The hope, I would think, as an employer is that that equally transfers, right? You open that same door. You pop on that same virtual call and you ask how you doing, right? So it has to start somewhere. We appreciate and value everything you do, Dr. Joel, uh, each and every day on behalf of our teammates, and our clients um, and our communities. So thank you for joining us today. This was excellent, excellent conversation. And uh, we look forward to partnering with you 
much more as we head into the future. Thank you very much. Yeah, Dr. Joel, thank you for being on. Like it is, to me, it's such an encouraging thing to work for an organization that has amazing experts like you as a part of it, that we can share this with with our customers. The great World Wide Web has access to, <laughs> to hear these wonderful things. So thank you, Dr. Joel. It was a lot of fun. I, I mean, talking about the kids, obviously all of us on this call, we've talked before, <laughs> have children, and it really, that's the impact. And I would wanted to, as we close here, wanted to highlight one thing. Employers have the ability to create that work-life balance, as you shared from the beginning. That allows them to have those conversations with those kids that are so vital. It's a simple thing that an employer can do. Create those opportunities for your employees to, to have some sort of balance, even if it's just take a dinner break and then finish your job at home or whatever it is, and have those conversations with your kids. And the impact that that has is Right. goes beyond what we can probably measure. So thank you for that. Well said. Thanks, Dr. Joel. No, thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing me to discuss today with you. Always good. We hope to have you back again soon. Take care all, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Benefits Breakdown. Thanks for listening to The Benefits Breakdown. This episode, in combination with our previous episode titled Beyond the Medical, is eligible for one SHRM credit. That code for that SHRM credit is 22VHHKA. That's 22-V as in Victor, H as Hotel, H as in Hotel, K as in Kilo, A as in Alpha. This code expires on December 31st of 2022. So thanks again for listening as always, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And be sure to tune into the next episode. 